smaller on the outside. Hey, what's up, and welcome back to Smaller on the Outside, or as I would like to call it, Sotocast. The first, the best, and the only Doctor Who podcast that you just can't miss. My name is Dave, and I will be the Time Lord with you this evening, and with me, as always, is Andy. Who, this week, well, we'll call a talking frog. Talking frog, alright. That's right, right. talking frog. How's that? Solid Tract? Solid Tract. How's that, uh, how's that treat you there, Kermit? We got a couple of news going on this week for the podcast. First one up is the main news is the fact that we have moved podcast hosts. For the last five years, we were going on Potomac.com. No more. Five years, huh? Uh, yeah. And now we have moved on over to uh, Anchor, Anchor.fm, for a variety of reasons, but we'll get into that later, or there might be a, uh advertisement that pops up that talks about Anchor too. so we'll, we'll just put it at that. We moved for a variety of reasons. Main one was pretty much we were paying too much for, you know, whatever. And Anchor's free. Yeah. And free's always better. So, that, there you go. Another thing is, I downloaded three books for the Kindle for Doctor Who. And they're the three books that have come out thus far that features Jodie Whittaker's Doctor. Okay, so I'm checking out the comic books, as you already know, but I'm also reading the books that have come out uh, featuring her Doctor as well. Are they novelizations of episodes, or are they their own thing? Own stories. I know they do both of those. Own stories. Yeah. Our own stories. I know they do have novelizations of episodes as well. Yeah, read only a couple, two or three chapters of one book so far. Pretty good. Pretty interesting. Um, It features a planet that... The second Doctor apparently went to, but Hmm. I don't think it's the same creatures that were in that episode. Then again, I don't have all the greatest, you know, intelligence (laughs) uh, from the older episodes, so uh, maybe it is, maybe it's not. You don't have the greatest intelligence at all. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you very much. All right, so this episode is called It Takes You Away. And, you know, it kind of reminded me of a couple of horror movies that came out. One was called uh, It Comes at Night. And uh, another one was called uh, A Silent Place? A, qui- a Quiet Place. A Quiet Place. Okay. I like this episode. It's a pretty interesting episode. Yeah, I, I think I've been, you know, we, we've been kind of a little underwhelmed yes. with uh, the season for the most part. I think this was better than, than I most think so, of the too. Season. I think, you know, you have those historical episodes that we, we like, but then yeah. we, we are also looking for fantasy-based, entertainment-centric, you know, just fun episodes. Right. This is kind of one of them. It has some uh, heartwarming elements to it, but it's also... Mm-hmm. You know, just fun. A little bit of character development. Yes. A little bit. So we have, uh, this episode, it takes uh, you away, is the ninth episode of the season, uh, which means there's only one more episode after this before the season's done, and then we have our New Year's special. Uh, so Who Year's special? New Year's, sorry. And then in between that... Uh, the finale and the New Year's special, I'll probably be talking about the books. I'll probably have episodes talking about the books. And then after that is when we're talking about the comics. So that's the basic schedule for the podcast thus far that I know of. This episode is also not written by Chris Chibnall because 
He apparently walked off set. He does not write anything anymore. <laughs> Let's see. This one. Yeah, again, it's another Ed person Heim. that has only written one episode. Ed Helms. Yep. Sorry. Ed Heim. Ed Heim. Ed Heim. Yeah. There's there's other things that he's written, but it's not Doctor Who. So okay. Again, this is this is like the third or fourth person that didn't write any Doctor Who before this one. Was what, what else does he write for? A bunch of other stuff. Wow. Very not, exciting. Not a lot that I recognize, but it lists on the on the doc, on the TARDIS wiki. It lists a bunch of other stuff. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't I don't really recognize much of it. Okay. So okay, so what happens in this episode? We start off. In Norway. It's some kind of fjord. There's a fjord in Norway, and nothing is going on. It's just a bunch of nothingness. But they do see a cabin in the woods. And they see somebody's head, or somebody's eyes poking through a, see somebody's, through a board. See right? somebody's it looked like head. an abandoned cabin at first. Uh, yeah, it did look like abandoned because there was no smoke coming from it, and it's in the middle of winter. Yeah, and it was all boarded up. And it was boarded up. Why is it boarded up? That's the question here. What kind of evil lurks among? Is it, is it uh, the village like the movie, or is it like uh, signs? You know, definitely an M Night Shyamalan movie. Um, <laughs> but they they head inside, and uh, yeah, they see that somebody's inside. So they they see that there's some shoes that are around the ground, and uh, some candy wrappers, and and everything. And upstairs, Ryan and Graham find a girl that's hiding in a wardrobe. And no, she did not just come out of uh, Narnia. Narnia. Narnia, right. <laughs> no, she's blind. That she is. That she is. And it's, uh, the actress is actually blind. So, I, I, I felt like that was probably the case. Yeah, a lot of the times now when you have actresses, actors who are playing deaf characters or blind characters or whatever, they actually are in real life. I think a lot of the times in the past. Now, is, is this what reminds just, you of a yeah. quiet place? Partially, because yes. when I was watch, when I was watching a quiet place, I would say for the first twenty minutes or something, before they explicitly say it, I did not recognize that the daughter was deaf. They didn't. They didn't outright say it, and everybody was being quiet, so it wasn't super obvious. Unless you are yeah, like, familiar with cochlear implants and all that fun stuff. Right. If you if you noticed that, you would have you would have known. But I didn't notice it. Yeah, uh, that is something that I knew because I I actually took American Sign Language and all that fun stuff. So either I didn't notice it, or if I did, I might have been thinking that they were using it to to enhance their hearing. Like if any aliens were in the background or something, maybe. Yes. I don't know. It's quiet, so you have to turn up the volume. <laughs> right. Um Okay, so this girl doesn't want to talk to them. Not cool at all. So what Graham does is takes a sandwich out of his butt. <laughs> <laughs> came out of nowhere. I swear to God. Sandwich <laughs> came out of nowhere. Came out of the blue. And he's like, check this out. I just carry this around all the time because I have low blood or blood sugar, right? Was it in his pocket? <laughs> we don't see him take it out of pocket. He just kind of whips it out. There it is. There's the sandwich. <laughs> Uh, what kind of it was like a pickle cheese pickle sandwich or something like that I don't know anyways he's been carrying it around and he uses it to lure the girl out and into his van I mean into (laughs) the kitchen downstairs and she asks how they got in because it was all boarded up 
uh, and they said they were in the area. She's afraid. She's in there because she's afraid about this monster in the woods. You know, this really is the village, right? There's monsters outside, and you have to stay inside. Cabin in the woods. Cabin in the woods uh, as well, yeah. And the reason why she thinks that is because there's some terrible, monstrous sounds happening outside in the woods, right? Always happens at exactly the same time every day, too. That's right. It's almost like it's on a timer. Uh, what's her name again? I, I thought it was Hannah, but it apparently in the uh, the casting list, it's like H-A-N-N-E. I think it's Hannah. It's just spelled weird. Yeah, that's that's sort because of, uh, Hannah, Norway, Hana. and yeah, which makes is that me... where they were, Norway, uh, Norway, yeah, and I, they call her Hannah, but I mean that's partially accents, but it's also partially Norway, and I think, spelling, and, yeah. and how it's spelled, and it makes me think of the movie Hannah, right? Yeah, because yeah. and how she was all uh, like uh, like what she was wearing, sort of, yeah, <laughs> in the beginning. So, there's a monster in the woods. She's blind. It makes her situation crap, right? Yeah. And then we also learn All that alone, her, her... blind. She's alone, right? Hearing so, crazy monster sounds. Where's her parents? Her daddy. is gone, missing. And she thinks the monsters have eaten him. Did she say that? Well, she believes... Okay, she believes that her father is gone because of the monsters, that the monsters took him. I don't think necessarily that he, that they ate him. Yeah, because they they seemed reluctant to to suggest that he was dead. Like she she didn't like it when they said that, you know. Right, right, right. It, it's think, not I a good. It was, uh, it was who, who said that? It was uh, Ryan that said that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That he he couldn't have just ran ran away, or that he left. Maybe like he just or decided something. to leave. Right. Yeah. Something. Uh, anyways, yeah, that doesn't make her very happy that they suggested. They don't know him at all, man. They don't know him. So anyways, Graham's upstairs, and the reason why he's upstairs is to look out the window for signs of whatever monster's lurking outside. Because it's Doctor Who, you pretty much expect there to be a monster, and that's actually not the case. Because they see the, uh, ups- the upstairs, or is it the, uh, the attic, the attic. Window, window sort of reminded me a little bit of uh, Rise of the Planet of the Apes. A little bit. Yeah. That's that's true. Oh, uh, Caesar always looked out that window. Yep. But it's not the window that interests Graham, okay? Right. He sees the portal to Narnia. I mean, he sees the mirror <laughs> up, up there, and it was not reflecting him, so it was acting like he was a vampire. And pretty soon yeah. the doctor and Ryan show up there as well, and the doctor knows they're not vampires, and, of course, the uh, sonic screwdriver is able to kind of see the doorway. This is really interesting how they do it because it's not just a direct doorway to another universe. It's like a uh, doorway to a hallway to another universe. It was, what did they call it? The anti... The anti-zone. Anti-zone. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And this is like, if it was a religious episode, this would be what? The uh, the in-between place. Oh, purgatory? Purgatory, yeah. So there's a purgatory area, the waiting area, if you will, to get to the next spot. And it's like, there's this dude in it that reminded me... Well, before they before they go in, the doctor writes on the wall, uh, assume her dad is dead, keep her safe, and find out who else can take care of her. Yeah. She pretends that she's writing she, a map she on has, the house. She has Ryan these, yeah. stay back while the rest of them go yeah. in the, in, into the mirror. Right. 
So inside this anti-zone lies this guy that reminded me of um, Freddy Krueger, right? <laughs> I mean, he had similar makeup. What was his name? Um, ribbons? Yeah, ribbons. Ribbons of the... It was like ribbons of the seven stomachs or something like that, <laughs> wasn't it? I don't remember the seven stomachs, but I remember ribbons. I swear it said something like seven that. Seven stomachs. Yeah, ribbons of the seven, seven stomachs, yeah. <laughs> That's really weird. He's he's just like squirrely kind of guy, and uh, he has the only light source, so he's basically their um, their a red balloon of light, basically a big red balloon of light. I mean, he reminds me of Freddy Krueger. The red balloon of light kind of reminds me of uh, a red balloon in it. Just this horror. This is a horror movie. He has the light source, and the, and the reason why they need him is they'll act as a tour guide through the anti-zone to get to the alternate universe, right? To get Well, they're looking for Eric, her father. They're looking, yeah, right, right. Their passage to get to uh, Mount Doom, it doesn't go very well. Ribbons is eaten by moths. Yes, deadly moths. They, of course the moths are attracted to the white. Yes. But then <laughs> they also uh, eat people. That's right. <laughs> Deadly moths, people. And I think actual moths in the real world are exactly like these moths. They just, they're just a little... They're not as powerful? Not as powerful. <laughs> not as quick? <laughs> but they do want to eat your face off, I'm just saying. But they do find the end of uh, the end of the portal, and they go through it. So it's a mirrored, a mirroring version of our own reality through this... Yeah, it was a little different. It didn't have... The house wasn't all boarded up. It was more lively. Dreamlike, fantasy-like, you know? Yeah. And uh, they do find Eric, the father. Uh, and he's apparently living with a version of his wife that's actually alive, because in the real world, she's dead. Right. So we don't know if this is, if she's real, because, I mean, death in heaven, right? And this is, this is a little bit like uh, the, uh, the Christmas, the last Christmas special, where the doctor was not so sure about um, Bill coming back. Because you know Bill was supposed to be dead, and so the doctor didn't uh, didn't believe this person to actually be Bill. That sort of yeah, thing. sort of a similar situation here. Yeah, and uh, so we don't know what's going on. We don't know if they're real. We don't know if they're an alien of some sort, or if this is like heaven, death in heaven, and uh, Missy's right. sitting around the corner. I wanted Missy to show up. <laughs> that would be the way they enter the master back into the universe. Yeah, have Missy in the alternate world. All right, but instead of uh, Missy, we have Grace. Grace shows back up for uh, Graham. And we have the whole, if you're the real, you know, so-and-so, answer me this question that only she could answer, right? We have a bunch of that going on. Yeah. Because they really don't know if this is real or if it's a threat. And even if it was a threat, they wouldn't even know what the harm was, you know, because it all seems very lighthearted. It's just wrong. It's just wrong. <laughs> Ryan, back in normal reality, finds out that the monstrous sounds are coming out of speakers outside the house. Yeah, it's all faked just to keep the daughter in the house, I guess. Just keep her out of harm's way. You know, she's blind. She could just walk outside well, and there never are find bears the house out there, again. You said. That's right. Yeah, there, are there are bears. Because it's Norway, guys. It's Norway. Hannah suspects that he's lying about something and knocks him out by slamming a door in his face. Uh, she she recognized he's, he, he was doing a bad job at, at lying about the map on the wall. 
it wasn't really a map. It was that that line, like I said, you know, pretend, assume her dad is dead, that sort yeah. of thing. But he doesn't want to tell her what it says. No. But she knocks him out, so and she, she goes into the mirror. So, yeah, she doesn't exactly trust him, so she, she goes after them. That's right, because she wants to see her father. The doctor realizes, because there's this um, story that she heard from her favorite grandmother. Yes, she had seven grandmothers. At least. And Granny Five. Oh, Granny Five. Okay, she had seven. Solitract. The Solitract is where they're at. I like that name. Solitract. And also claimed that Granny Two was a secret agent for the Zygons. (laughs) Probably true. Past reference Zygons. Past reference Zygons. Uh, Okay, so the Solitract is a sentient universe. A universe that's alive and thinks for itself. Yeah, so basically it was. It was before the beginning of the universe, right? And it was it it was something that wanted to be part of our universe, but it wasn't really compatible. It was lonely, so it was cast out to its own dimension. Yes. So that's what she figures out what this is. She also realizes that the whole situation's a trap, and they have to get Graham and Eric out of there because, you know, they're all about to die basically because it's unstable. Graham's talking with Grace. But he he believes he's, her to he be real. he at this point believes that she's real, because yeah. she's answering all the questions correctly. But yeah. because this is a sentient universe that connects with our, you know, subconscious or whatever, it's able to read our minds right and answer all the questions you need it to. Right. But the doctor arrives and says they have to leave, and then Ryan shows up uh, with Hannah. Right, he went into the mirror, got her through the maze and through the malls to get through the portal so they're all there now they're all in the uh solid track but they all have to leave now except uh no uh ryan is still in the anti oh ryan was stuck behind i forgot about that ryan never got to see grace ryan never did that's right and then that that was one of their main points was to get to him to save him because he really is still in that dangerous anti-zone and he's got you know it's not a great place for him to be with his coordination issues that's right even though they don't really talk about that much in this they don't focus on it but i think it would have been a, a cool point to add that that he, he might have gotten lost like he didn't know where he was going because of his coordination you know yep. that would have been cool to, to add in there now hannah knows right away that this isn't her mother yeah that was interesting it, it must be like a like a like a daredevil thing when you lose one of your senses you you your other senses are enhanced or something yeah and this was like the sense of uh sense sense of uh soul (laughs) the soul sense that's right i I don't know which one that is but she figured it out right away she's like i don't know who you think you are but you're not my mother she is sent back into the anti-zone by the mother graham finds out that Grace isn't Grace specifically because she doesn't seem all that interested or worried about Ryan's safety, right? Right, yeah. That And, and to me, I thought it was interesting because she did sort of brush it off at first, and he didn't seem to think much about it the first time, but the second time, he was, you know, he focused a little bit more on yeah. it. Yeah. I'm like, I, I was like, he should have right then, and that first time she brushed it off, he should have right then known it was Fool me once! And then fool me twice, shame on me. So he figured it out, and then she sends him in. You can't be fooled again. Right. 
and uh, you could see that he was like really kind of torn up about it because he wished it was her because she was so close to being the right version. And then she s- sends him out at the end here. We are left only with the Doctor, Eric, and Trin. And the way that the Doctor gets Trin to send off the father is somewhat similar to the Long Song speech, right? Because this alien is obsessed. So I was I was browsing the uh, TARDIS wiki and I found out that the uh, the 10th Doctor had a story in a book called Martha in the Mirror <laughs> that was another mirror that led to an alternate dimension. That's cool. Bunch of books out there. I'm only starting oh, yeah. to read them now. Um, <laughs> so yeah, they're left with just those three and like I said, the long song speech about um, the aliens that thrive on energy, on um, experiences, and things like that. Uh, memories, Memories. Right? Something very similar. She has a very tiny little speech about that, uh, but basically she gets the alien form, the solid tract being, to prefer her over the, f- the father because she's, you know, over 2,000 years old and has all that memories uh, of the entire oh, universe. not 2,000. I would say two trillion or two billion or something. Is that because of the one episode where he relived his life over and over again? Oh, no, no, no. Okay, I thought you meant the solid No, track. I mean the doctor. Okay, yeah, the doctor is uh, 2,000 Okay, yeah, that's... Just just over 2,000. So, the... But, yeah, really, they did... Uh, the doctor did live billions of years in that, if you, if you count that. They were uh, billions of years old in that. Um, it's, I think yeah. it's heaven sent. I watched that again recently. She sends the father out because they much prefer the doctor over that, right? And then uh, she sent the doctor and uh, the solid track being is sent into a big white void room, right? The solid track being turned into a frog with Grace's voice. And it looked like that seemed to be a practical effect. It was definitely a practical effect. It wasn't the best synced as far as you know, mouth moving to voice and everything. Yeah, but I thought it looked pretty good with a practical effect. Yeah. Looked kind of realistic. And, uh, so she's like, so tell me about your universe. Technical difficulties. Under, under, understatement of the year. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Technical difficulties. Uh, alright, so we were talking about Ro- Grace the Frog. Well, well, you know, not well, Grace, but whatever uh, what was it called the uh, solid track solid track so the doctor starts talking about the universe just in general nothing really speech worthy I don't think because it kind of gets cut off because I don't remember exactly how the conversation went here I just know that it didn't last very long right well she says you know she's, she sort of says that you know how, how am I going to put it into words you know? Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> and then just st- starts to try to convince the frog that you know this place has fallen apart. You can't keep me here as much as as much as I want to be your friend and as much as I want to tell you the stories. I need to go. That's right. And I'm then saying. it's like, all right. And then uses the force to push her out. I will remember you. Something like that, <laughs> right? Yeah. And yeah, that gets pu- pushed right out of there. And then uh, that's pretty much it. Well, no. After after they get back. There was one important moment. Well, obviously, uh, 
Hannah and her father are going to also move away to somewhere safer. But um, but also, there's a moment between Graham and Ryan. Ryan calls him granddad. Where, yeah, Ryan calls him granddad for the first Which time. Which was uh, something that Graham wanted since the first episode. So, yeah. that is important. It is a continuation yeah. of something that happened in an earlier episode. <gasps> Yes, oh my! Which, which finally, which is sort of what we've been asking right, for, right, right. you know. And I mean, for the most part, that's that was the episode. Uh, and you said you liked this episode. Yes, I really liked. I, this I one. thought it was a lot of fun. Um, I, it has some important elements to it, but I think for the most part, it was just a fun, mysterious episode. By the way, so you were asking about Graham's sandwich. Yes. According to Tardis Wicket, is. Pickle, butter, and sardine sandwich. <laughs> oh yeah, and that'll that'll lure the girl out. What? <laughs> Graham's a very strange yeah, person. <laughs> well, he says that he carries sandwiches around because they don't they don't stop very much for food. <laughs> oh man! But still, that's that's. A, pretty awful sound it's like it's like uh he has some bread but then he had nothing else to make a sandwich with so he made that with condiments and (laughs) other things i guess oh man that's that's a disgusting sandwich all right so (laughs) no it was a good mysterious fantasy episode i think i had had, yeah. had you wondering, you know, you're watching it and you're making your own assumptions about what's going on and everything. Is this uh, Doctor Who's answer for heaven? You know, uh, what is it? You know, there there have been there a few have of those. been a few of those, especially episodes with heaven in the title. So, <laughs> yeah. but it you know it is what it is. Um, it has some important character development. It has some. Um, interesting things here and there. So I, I would say that it's a good balanced episode. So it has a little bit of everything that you would probably want in it. I was reading that as far as the frog moment happens in the uh, episode that you have some fans torn. Some love it and then some hate it for basically the same reasons. Like it depends on who yeah. you who you are and what you prefer to see. So people are like, it looks so fake and it looks so campy, but the people that like fake, campy-looking things love it, you know? So... Oh, I didn't think it looked fake. I, you know, in terms of movement, okay. You know, but, but in terms of actual practical effects, I thought it looked pretty decent, you know? I think, yeah, I think for the most part they were talking more about the animation of, uh, yeah. of the mouth or whatever. But, I mean, it was like for, what, 30, you know, not even, like... A minute, maybe. It wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't long at all. <laughs> Technically, I think they could have probably had a little bit more of a decent speech in that white room, uh, but they. Yeah. I feel like they were running out of time, so they kind of had to rush it. You know. Was this another short episode? Uh, no, this one was fifty 50, minutes. Yeah, yeah. It was a pretty, pretty good one. Pretty, pretty memorable. I think in the long run, as far as yeah. far as this season I think, goes. I think I'll remember yeah, this. As far one. as this season yeah. goes, it, it's it's up there. Uh, as far yeah. as, in general, how entertaining it is, how memorable it is, uh, how much each character actually had a say in what happens. Like, they all had a reason for being there, you know? They weren't just background yeah. characters just doing whatever because it's 
like they had too many characters, you know, or something. Some right. some of the episodes have been like that, where it's been, okay, here here's some yeah. characters, uh, and then we have Graham and Ryan and Yaz, and it's like, what do we do with them? So let's just have them do random crap in the background for a majority of the episode, <laughs> and have them come back later. And that that's kind of a that's kind of a problem in general with having too many companions and. That can that can that can definitely happen. Yeah. So if you're gonna have three companions, you need to have stories that have their influence that uh, that actually helps uh, as a whole. And that's the thing. That's the thing. One thing that would really work best with uh, with multiple companions like that is more epic stories. You know, like you look at uh, the season four finale that had. Pretty much every person the Doctor interacted with in the modern series up to that point. And I mean, yeah. And they all did a, you know, they all had an important role in the episode, and it was awesome. (laughs) Now, okay, so here's the thing, okay? Thinking back, even back to Classic Who, okay? And I don't know too much, so you'll have to actually uh, inform me on this one. But I think for the most part, it's one or two companions max, which really helps the balance of what's going on. Uh, yeah, there might have been three a couple times. Uh, maybe maybe like three or four times there might have been three, but they weren't very long. It wasn't it wasn't three for very long. I don't think. Right. It it, it takes. But usually it was one, maybe two. It yeah. takes a lot of thoughtful writing if if you're gonna add more than two companions. I think because. Mm-hmm. Having three or two people max, you know, like the doctor and one companion or the doctor and two companions, works okay. well for bouncing ideas off of each other and having that chemistry. Now, now uh, it started out with three. You had the two teachers and then the granddaughter. Unless you want to count the granddaughter as not a companion. So that's hard to say. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so think about it that way. Um, I think when I think about people, companions, partners, things like that in TV shows, uh, I try to think about how they bounce ideas off of each other. And, like, one thing that comes to mind is, like, the show House, you know, and how his doctors bounce the ideas off of him. Now, he did have a bigger team, but it was often really just him and two other doctors, I think, for the most part. Oh, I don't remember. It's been a while. Gotta, I'd have to think. Gotta about rewatch it. that show. <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah, it's it's on my yeah, list. <laughs> on your list. It's on my list. I think three 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 companions are doable, but it has to be done right. And I'm guessing it's difficult. Right. And not every yeah. writer for the show can figure that out um, so much. Oh, yeah. It's like they have to get used to it or something like that. I don't know. I think yeah, I think that's something they could could need to get used to. Maybe it could get better in a, in another season if they're still there. Um, but that's hard to say. I think in general, you know, new people tend to be better in their second seasons, whether it's the Doctor or the Companions, than they are in their first season anyway. Especially when you have three companions like that, it's it's a big it's a big thing to work with. Sure. I- trucks beeping at me which means it's gonna turn on soon so let's wrap this up all right you have anything else to add about the episode no i said it all you said it all okay well um so did i one more information about news tom baker has written a doctor who book it's coming out soon it's coming out i think 
uh, either oh, cool. in uh, is he is he doing his yes. own doctor? I don't know too much about it, so I'm not going to read it. But I'm just telling you guys, if you're a fan of him, he has come out with his own book, uh, and it's coming out soon. It's for pre-order right now, so check that out. Uh, I I don't know if it's like called the Scarecrows or something like that, um, but something to that degree. I didn't look too much into it. So check that out, um, guys. Come check us out on anchor.fm so small on the outside you can go to anchor.fm slash sotocast um, if you want to email us give us any questions any shout outs anything like that our email we have a couple now it's uh, david david which is what we were using before but you can also email me at sotopodcast at gmail.com okay um, so both work I check the david examines movies one more though so fyi Alright, so we'll see you next week on Small on the Outside. My name is Dave, and I was a Time Lord with you. I'm Andy. Who is the companion slash talking frog. And uh, I guess we'll see you next week. Remember to subscribe, like, comment, review. Peace out. Peace out.